This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver fast and affordably for small biz, big box, large scale, wholesale, retail, B2B, B2C, ASAP. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com delivering. Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care, and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid-80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm, and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash, just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truist.com care. Truist Bank, member FDIC. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of the 1-1 draw for Fulham against Leicester City. We have a lot to talk about in this episode of Cottage Talk, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing better, Russ. As I just said to you, it's usually the case after a disappointing result the next day after, and the morning after. It's always going to feel a little bit better. Once the initial disappointment has dissipated, so I'm here. I'm, I'm in a positive mood and uh, ready to discuss. You know, another listen. Points gained is is I think the best wow. thing now because you know it's you've changed it too. We're, we're, we're in a relegation fight, and any point you can get at this point has to be greeted. Considering you know that six, that run of six losses in a row, we have to appreciate where we were before Ranieri took charge. Sure. And you know it's baby steps, but we have to greet every every little development as a victory, I think. It's a very interesting way that you put that. And I just want to mention that Janusz Janais wanted to join us today. He planned on joining us, but he was called into the principal's office. <laughs> so he cannot join us. He actually has a meeting, so he uh, was not able to uh, record with us today. But he'll be joining us very soon, I can tell you that. But he said something last night when we did full-time that you kind of echoed here, talking about those six losses – and him focusing, I'm talking about Giannis, on the four points in three matches from Ranieri. That's a decent return. Yeah, and I think probably even better than the points total has been the performances. Yes, think, they've gotten better. Yeah, we, we've almost kind of taken it like for granted now that yeah, they're going to be better. But to look at that back hat, how it was against the Cardiff and Huddersfield match, and even a similar match um, to the match he played last night, was I'd say the Bournemouth match that we lost 3-0 in late That's October. That's a great point. I was thinking the same thing. Go ahead. And and just look at the different performance versus that match um, where we lo- we lost three nil. Never were in, were in the game. Never gave away a very silly early goal. Versus Wednesday night when I think we went, we took the lead, dominated, and should have won, and 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 created many many chances. So just the difference in the way we're playing, and the chances we're creating, and, and the overall feel around the club. I think that is probably the most impressive thing Ranieri has done 
um, since coming in. Great point. Talking about the Bournemouth match in Leicester City, because I think that there are equals. Would you agree these t- two teams are pretty much on the same level? But Fulham's performance is completely different. So I'm glad that you uh, brought that up, my friend. Very good point by you. All right, let's get into this. And the way I thought we could start this, my friend, is to see what Claudio Ranieri said after the match. And I'm going to the manager reaction. I'm just going to read some quotes from him. This is right after the match. And they're interesting. And I want to see if you agree with what he shared after this 1-1 draw. And you can actually read this on the phone website. Here are the quotes from Claudio. Quote, I think the draw is right. It's right because they created one great chance at the, at the beginning and Sergio Rico made a fantastic save and they had another chance. In the second half, we started much better and we had chances to score. Suddenly, they made a good combination and drew the match. After this, they had another three great chances. I think we shot at goal 25 times. One point is much better than nothing. In the second half, we played much better because the players did what I asked and created Leicester some difficulties. But in the end, it was a draw. Well done to both teams. Unquote. Okay, Max, what are your thoughts about what Claudio shared after the match? Yeah, I think obviously he has a lot of respect for, for his former club. And then, you know, that's being show, shown in those comments. I actually think today in this, in this presser, he changed his tune a bit and, and said, I think we should have won. So <laughs> maybe he has the opposite reaction. I mean, he's getting more aggressive as, as, as the days go on. Um, but, yeah, I think he makes good points in that we create a lot of chances. And if you create, you know, 20, 25 shots, you know, I think only eight of them are, tar- are on target, seven or eight are on target, which is the one aspect we like to improve. But, you know, if you're, if you're being positive, taking shots, you're, you're on the right direction. So goals will come. We only got the one goal today, but I think very easily it could have been two or three. Uh, you know, with a superb save Schmeichel made from Chambers, a Doris miss at the end. Mitch Richards also deflected shot right before that. I mean, we did honestly have some very high-quality chances that on another day really could have gone in. in. Okay, very good there, my friend. I've got some more quotes from Claudio. I'm curious your thoughts on what he also shared here. Quote, yeah, we had a final chance. If he shot better or if he passed the ball to Mitrovic in the middle, that's it. Maybe it's not the right moment, but we continued to progress, and I'm very happy with our performance. Of course, we made some mistakes, but even the big teams make mistakes. At this moment, when we make a mistake, the opponent scores a goal. Sooner or later, we'll win. I'm sure of it, unquote. And those are more quotes from Claudio. And what's interesting, who he's referring to, we both know, is Dennis Adoy with that opportunity. But what I liked here, Max, is uh, him talking about the mistakes and his confidence that eventually we're going to start winning matches. We've already won one underneath him. What are your thoughts about what I just shared there? Yeah, I I like the confidence. But actually, going back to the Adoy point, I think he actually tried to pass Dimitra. I think he tried to pass Dimitrich, but the ball was bouncing and he just could not get the technique right. I think he actually tried to wrap his right foot around it, didn't catch it right, and it popped over and then looked like a shot on goal. But in reality, he just didn't have, I think, the skill to, to play to cross goal. So I think he's getting a little bit of an unfair stick there. Of course, you know, it really should have been a goal for us, but I think he was trying to do the right thing. You know, I think he was trying to square, square the ball across goal, which I don't think a lot of people are saying right now. Very interesting. I didn't notice that. I'll have to watch that back. I watched it for a second time this morning, my friend, and uh, I feel better after watching again, but I didn't watch that closely. I will watch that one more time and see if I get that out of what you just shared. I, I didn't see that, but, you know, I will take another look at it. All right, my friend, we have some talking points from this match from Ryan O'Donovan. I'm not going to go through what he wrote. You can actually read what he wrote here on football.london, but I, I'm just going to go to the captions, the talking points, and, because I find them interesting. And the uh, title of his article was Captain Alexander Mitrovich and Fulham's Lack of Ruthlessness, Talking Points from Leicester Draw. So I'm going to read these talking points, and I thought it would be a great way to uh, start our discussion in this post-match show. First thing that he has as a talking point, Captain Alexander, that's Alexander Mitrovich being the captain for this match, Max. And in it, Ryan talks about the obvious maturity. I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to read exactly what he wrote, but 
I think it's a big step to make him captain. Your thoughts about Mitrovic becoming captain for that match, and then obviously in the second half it goes to Kearney. There are two things for me about this. Um, one, I was honestly a little bit surprised it wasn't Cessna. But I, I think I can totally understand why it wasn't because, you know, Cessna is definitely the most loyal player um, at the club. He loves Fulham, I think, more than anyone else um, in, in that starting lineup. But I just don't think he's enough of a leader yet. That's probably why Ranieri didn't give it to him. And he's probably just too young at this moment in time, only 18 years old. And he's not the most vocal player on the pitch there. So... At first, I was surprised it wasn't Sassan, but I think those are fair reasons why it's not. Number two, I think it really goes to show how Ranieri views Mitrovic as valuable. Yes. And how he's really going to try to do everything he can to make him stay. Because a lot of the early talk after Ranieri joined, right, had been about, well, now Slavisa's gone. Is Mitrovic going to be happy? Now Ranieri's in. How's Mitrovic going to fit into his counterattacking style? Could it be another Benitez at Newcastle situation? And I think Ranieri really is rubbishing those claims and showing as strongly as possible, that he values Mitrovic, that he's in his plans, and that he wants him to feel loved. Because, as we know from Mitro, if, if, he feels loved, if he feels loved, he's going to be on form. If he feels unsettled, he'll start throwing fits, he'll get sent off, you know, he'll go back to his old you know, childish ways. But if we can keep him happy and content, we can get the best out of him. So Ranieri, very, very smartly, in my opinion, realizes that, and I think that's what the captain's decision was. It, it was a big decision, but I think yep. we did... I think we did see that um, that if uh, has he been handed the captain's arm in before Russ? Because I, I feel I like believe he has. He has. Um, so I, I don't exactly remember the exact situation. Definitely wasn't from the start. That's for sure. Sure. But I think he's definitely keeping on that tradition, which which is a good sign for Mitra. Right, and you bring up some good points, but I keep going back to this. I, I don't think we're giving enough credit to Mitrovic himself because I think that he must have shown Ranieri in training and in these matches that he's that type of player that can be a captain. That's, that's actually a great point. I mean, he, think about how far he's progressed when we signed that's him. That's what I mean. Yeah. A lot of people thought this guy's a basket case. What are you doing? He, he's a madman, And now he's going out there and he's captaining the team, which shows great maturity, obviously. That's my point. And, yeah. But also in addition, um, I was wondering what your thoughts are on just having a striker as a captain. Cause for me, I think normally your captains are goalkeepers. You're kind of the core of your squad, you know, right. goalkeepers, center mids, center backs. And, and strikers are, are usually rarely captains unless they're really the, the, the most influential player in the team. And I think that's what Mitch Rich is, honestly, at this point in time. So that's, that's the exception. I think striker would be a captain. Um, are, are you in favor of having such a forward player um, who's not really involved in every single uh, step of the play being captain? I'm in favor of it being the right player. What I mean by that is that you bring up some good points, but I look at Mitrovic as a team striker, if that makes any sense. He's about the team. He gets his teammates involved. He's not what I would call just a out-and-out selfish player. He is about winning, and he's about his teammates along with himself. He can be selfish when he needs to be to score that goal, but I see a player that is actually maturing and has those kind of qualities that you want in a captain. I think he's the, I guess you could say, uh, exception to the role. Yeah, well, well said, well said, actually. And he's, I, I did actually see him being uh, very vocal last night. I actually That's saw him I mean. yelling at Kamara after Kamara. That's right. He's being a leader. Shots and and he, and he 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 gave him the telling off and and that's nice to see because <laughs> he's stepping up and you know in the absence of McDonald's, who I think is a normal one who's going to be a hard ass, maybe that's Mitrovic. Yeah, very good there. Okay, second talking point from Ryan O'Donovan on Football London after the match. I think we're going to agree on this one: Luciano Vieto's poor forty-five minutes. Max, this is a disappointment because this was a good opportunity for him to show Ranieri what he's all about. And I don't know if uh, it was the position he was put in. He just didn't seem big enough to handle the rigors of uh, what he was asked to do. He was pushed off the ball often and just was not good in these 45 minutes. So I agree with Ryan, and we talked about this on full-time as well. Yeah, um, everything seemed perfectly primed for Vieta to succeed. You know, it was his 25th birthday. Yep. He'd been on a match. He'd been, he'd been on a squad for two matches. He grew a beard. There was a home match against <laughs> Leicester. He looked, he looked like a new man, ready to show Ranieri that he was, he was justified in starting him. And in reality, he, he did the complete opposite. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really disappointing because he was on the ball quite, 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 a few number, quite a fair few number of times, but 
every time it just seems to be struck, shrugged off, yep. either passed it away, you know, got, got muscled off on the dribble, just cannot really think of one shot of, I mean, he had one shot of note and that was blocked by Morgan. It was just, it was a really poor display. And it, it, it's a shame because for him at least, because he was completely out of the squad for the first two matches of Ranieri's time. And that really had me thinking, wow, Sovieto's really not in his plans. That's surprising. Maybe he's going to go back on loan uh, in, in January. And it was really shocked to see him back in the starting 11 against Leicester. And that performance would probably almost confirm what Ranieri's thinking. If he had already had, had doubts about him, I cannot see Vieto playing anytime soon. It's unfortunate because while we're talking about this, I'm thinking maybe it had to do with the position he was asked to play here, to play the Tom Kearney yeah, role. I, yeah, but, I mean, I, I can see the merits of that, but honestly, where Solis had been playing him this season had been all on the right, right or left wing, right? Right, that's my point. And, and Vieta's, almost all of Vieta's uh, performances in the past for, for other clubs in Spain or even Argentina had been centrally, either either the central forward or attacking midfielder. So if anything, I think this position probably would have been better suited to him than what he'd been doing in, in the first couple months of the season because he likes to play centrally based on his past history. Now, I don't maybe not attacking midfielder as such as a center forward, so that might have been the issue, but I, I don't honestly think that was the biggest problem. Okay, very good. It's uh, unfortunate because uh, I like Luciano Vieto, and uh, you could end up being right. He might not find a place under Claudia Ranieri. I was trying to think. Of, it's a good point to talk about how he has played well centrally before, but he certainly did not last night. And uh, he might have a problem with full moving forward. We'll have to watch that one, my friend. All right. Another talking point from Ryan O'Donovan. Cyrus Christie, a new man under Ranieri. I completely agree with him. He's actually taken over the place of Timothy Fosu-Mensa. He lost the place under Savisa. Your thoughts on uh, on this talking point? I agree with him. I'm actually going to disagree with Ryan here because okay. um, n- not not in the general point. I agree with the general point he's making, which is Cyrus Christie has improved. Yep. But what a lot of people are missing, and I mentioned this before a couple days ago, and I'm going to say it again, is that we can give Ranieri credit for continuing this, but Slavisa Jakanovic was, was the man who tried this out at Anfield. Slavisa Jakanovic handed Cyrus Christie back his starting place after Fasa Mensa had, had had it for you know, the Huddersfield match, right? He handed um, Calum Chambers a reprieve in center midfield and no one had any idea that was going to work out. <laughs> Gave Alfie Moss and Dennis Adore a center back partnership when I don't think anyone thought those were the best two center backs we had. And Ranieri, to his credit, has kept, has kept that on. But he hasn't invented it. He's only continued what Solis has done. And I, I really do think this is one of the lasting legacies Solis is going to give us, at least in, in this Premier League campaign, is that he might have found the most effective position for some of these players as, as his parting gift to the club, which is really fascinating to think about. Because I agree, Christie in, in the past had been terrible. I mean, he, we'd, we'd said it here, he's not a Premier League footballer. And... He's completely proven us wrong in the past he couple has. of weeks. You know, he's, I thought he was, again, bright um, against Leicester. Really, he's not been exposed um, too many times. There's been sometimes, and he's had some defensive miscues. But apart from that, he's looked very solid. And, and I think the attacking sense has also opened him up. That's where I'm going to give Ranieri credit, because I yeah. think under him in the past three matches, he has become more of an attacking threat. Now, we've seen his crossing is still horrendous. His finishing yeah. needs work. But at least he's getting to those bright positions. Fossey Mensa, Russ, I think he's going back in January. When There's I hear, something going on there. That's yeah, a good point. When I hear the rumors of Nathaniel Klein on loan, I'm thinking, well, I think you can only have a certain number of loan players uh, from Premier League clubs. I think Fossey Mensa is going back to Man U. We're getting Klein from Liverpool on loan because he's not even been on the bench for any of the three matches. No, he hasn't. And you would at least expect him to take a bench role. And you saw what happened last night when we had a defensive change and Christie came off. It wasn't a right back who came on. It was Tim Ream who came on for center back, and the door got moved to right back. So for me, that shows not only is Foster Menson on the plans, he's not even second choice anymore. He's at least third choice. It's a fair point there, my friend. Very good for you to bring that up because I thought Dennis Adoy did decently when he was moved out there, so maybe he's now second line. That's a very interesting way to uh, talk about this situation. All right, next talking point from Ryan O'Donovan on Lennon. Fulham's lack of ruthlessness in front of goal. He uses the examples of Ryan Sessegnon, Tom Kearney, and Bubakar Kamara 
all having chances and uh, could not convert. I agree with Ryan here. This was a problem because if they get the second goal, Fulham win this match. They had the opportunities right in front of them. Unfortunately for Tom Kearney, he slipped there. Again, if he doesn't slip, I think he might score. So that was an unfortunate little situation that happened to him. But they need to be scoring. They need to be taking advantage of these opportunities better. Max, I, I totally agree with Ryan here. Your thoughts? Definitely. I think the Kearney one, when I saw that, I, I was almost certain it was going in because it just looked so close to the angle. And, and Schmeichel was rude to the spot. He had no chance. Assessing no. another really good shot when he cut inside. That would have been a goal. Yeah, it was deflected. Yeah, it, it was it was a shame. Um, and you're right. If it had been two 0 right after Kane put that shot wide, I think that was almost very shortly before. Right afterwards. Yeah, then then Lester equalized. I just thought, wow, how nice it would be to be two 0 up. You know what I mean? So 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 that that was a killer. That was a killer um, because if you have that two goal cushion with around 15, 20 minutes to go, it's a totally different match. And you're right. We have to be more ruthless. Yes. Luckily, um, but actually, sorry, the thing that was interesting about that, that match is that we haven't really been in that position um, all year with the exception of the Burnley match, Russ, where we had the lead going to the final moments, needing extra goal to improve the cushion. Um, in the Burnley match, we ended up getting it uh, through Andre Sherla, just sealing the match. But in no other match have we ever really been in the lead for, in, in, that, in that situation, needing um, to, get, to get a goal to give us some breathing space and then concede it. So that is what I think um, might have been almost the biggest factor is that it was just an unfamiliar situation for many of these players. I guess you can say a Southampton match, but that was a little bit different. Uh, right. It was a higher quality than they were. We, we didn't really know what to do. We, I think us going up, right? That was the first time we'd taken the lead. Sorry, that was the first time we'd scored first in a match since Cardiff City, right? In October. You know, almost, almost two months ago. So that just shows you how unfamiliar the situation was of us scoring first, being 1-0 up. I think almost you know players didn't know what to do in the Premier League, which which is not an, ex- an excuse, but a reason perhaps why we weren't as ruthless as we could have been. Maybe maybe they didn't have the, the necessary concentration, but whatever. You're right; um, it was an issue. And yep. in future matches, we need to get that second goal. Absolutely, but the encouraging part of all of this, they were not ruthless, but they did create the opportunities, and they were pushing for that second goal. They were not just being complacent, being up 1-0. They were pushing for it. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because eventually you need to score that second goal or you leave yourself open for the opposition to score their goal, which happened here. You know, if you don't take advantage of, of your chances, what happened last night can happen, and it did. So hopefully they can learn from this and realize that to emphasize, listen, we need to score that second goal. Put all the pressure you can. Get that second goal. And they were trying. They just did not get it done, unfortunately. All right. Last talking point from Ryan O'Donovan is this. Looking better defensively each week. I agree with Ryan on this point. I asked uh, Giannis on full-time about this. He sees an improvement. I see an improvement. Sounds like Ryan O'Donovan sees an improvement, but I'm curious if one other person sees an improvement. You. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think we, we are playing with higher higher pace of play. You know, the possession we know isn't there, but I think the chances have increased. And, you know, that, that isn't necessarily something you'd expect, but, it, but it's something that's happening. You know, with less possession, we're making higher quality chances by making the most of the time we're on the ball. Does that mean going long? Sometimes, yes. That was how we scored a goal, honestly. It was a long ball, got deflected. Um, Mitch Rich flicks it on. Kamara scores. It's a route one goal. There was really one completed pass in the buildup, and that was Kamara to Mitch Rich. That was the only Mitch Rich Kamara, you know. So, listen, I'm, I'll take that every day of the week because if, 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 we're, we're finding ways. We have direct players in the team. I think we showed that in, in recent matches. You know, we, we also can pass the ball, but if need be, and that's what we're doing most of the time, we can go right to goal. And, you know, that's right. people can clash about the stylistic um, interpretations and you know I would ar- agree that you know playing a nice you know 50 pass goal um, that that leads to a nice finish will, will be a better goal to watch but I love watching Kamara also bulldoze to the back four <laughs> I love Mitrich playing target man because he's so good at that and in many ways that's playing to the strengths of the players we have um, that's right and, and and that's effective it is effective. It's fine. We'll be talking about Kamara in just a bit because uh, it seems like he's the type of player, either you love him or you hate him, Max. And uh, I've seen a little bit of both on uh, social media. 
not hate, but you know what I mean. They're yeah. disappointed. I, that they're, you know, you know me, Ross. From day one, when Kamara came here, yep. beginning of last season, I said, this guy's going to come good. I had so much faith in Kamara. And I, I, I'm, I'm just so happy he's succeeding because you could see he had the talent. He was just, he was just raw. He was, would just do things that were stupid. He didn't have the touch. But you could see his improvement through the championship season. And yep. for him to score a Premier League goal, I'm, I'm delighted for him. Right. And I'm also de- delighted, you know, he's, he's finally settled. And, and fans who will constantly, you know, slag him off and say, oh, he's terrible. He shouldn't be you nowhere know, near the Premier League. And this is the thing that got me yesterday, even, even after he scored a goal. People yep. automatically said, worst goal scored in Premier League history. Oh. Are you kidding me? Are you having, are you having a laugh? <laughs> of all the players on our team who haven't scored a Premier League goal, you're going to single out Kamar, the one who actually has scored the only goal. Wednesday's night match, and you're going to still criticize him. It's, it's baffling, but um, people just he divides opinion like none other because he's just so unpredictable and maddening. But you have to get behind him now. You have to. Yeah, listen. The one thing about him, and we'll obviously touch on this because he had his good moments and he had his bad moments. We'll talk about that in just a bit. But what's interesting about him, I I like him on this team. The only thing that I don't like about his game, and I've talked about this, is. Uh, his flopping, I, I just don't like that. I don't like him trying to simulate situations, and uh, that's just me of uh, how I like my football. I, I don't like that part of the game. I know there are people that do that because they're trying to get an advantage for the team. I understand that. I, it's just a practice that I don't appreciate, unfortunately. Uh, he's done that, and uh, I hope he cuts that out of his game. But I do see some value in what he offers. Obviously, Ranieri sees some value. And um, he's like a bull in a china shop. I know we said that before. It's fun to watch him. You know, again, it's like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get watching him. And that's the the good and the bad of of watching uh, Bubakar Kamar. We'll talk about him in, in a little bit as well, my friend. But let's get into this before we talk about the key moments in the match. Your thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18 overall? I actually tweeted out the starting 11 was – curious thoughts from some supporters and I got to tell you that there were some supporters that had some mixed thoughts on the starting 11 your thoughts yeah I think the biggest surprise of course was you know um Kearney out and Vieto in I thought that was a mistake but you know obviously I think he's probably resting Kearney three three matches in, in the span of a week is probably yeah. too much for him and yeah, yeah exactly um and the other one which I loved was Kamaran for Sherlock now, actually, the poll um, on, on, on the Cotter Central Twitter account before, which got around 100 votes, well, not too many, but it said, who would you rather have start, Kamara or Sherlock? And for most people, it wasn't even a question. It was 91% Sherlock, 9% Kamara. So that just shows you where, where the fan base was at before the match. And to have him start, I was, I was delighted because I said it also in the post-match, in the pre-match show um, just a couple days ago that I'd rather have Kamara play. I'm not, I didn't think we missed Sherlock too much against Chelsea because I think he would be pretty ineffective. And he didn't even get him the pitch uh, last night. And that was a, it was a good thing because Kamara had so much unpredictability, directness, you know, yep. pace, f- finishing ability, and also just the, the ability to conjure up a chance out of nothing, which you saw in his goal. People can talk all you want about how he, he makes interesting decisions, how he's unpredictable. And yes, I, I'll, I'll concede he does some things that are inexcusable on the pitch sometimes. But one thing he does do, he has the ability to do something no other player can. And, and, and that's just be ingenious. Try things that other people won't even dream of. He has that audacity, which has to be welcomed. It's almost a pure, I, I love Kamara because he's the embodiment of the footballing spirit, right? Trying stuff, being creative, you know, being adventurous. He's not afraid. He's not afraid. And who doesn't want to see him at the football pitch? Sure, sometimes he'll mess up. But isn't that the point of yep. football? Is to try some things until they work. You know, it might not work ten t- nine times out of ten, but at one time, it's going to be brilliant, and it's better than a player who makes a simple pass or makes a simple shot ten times out of ten never scores, never takes a chance. It's a great so point. That, He's a risk taker. Exactly. That's a good point. That's why I love seeing him in there. Okay. Very interesting. The one that stands out to me, obviously, is the Kearney situation, but we just talked about that. I do think that he was being, say, managed, rested for half of the match, and uh, when Vieto didn't work out, he – put him right in, which I think was the right decision. And uh, I thought Tom Candy played well in the second half. That was the really one that stood out for me. Also, this is one that I'm going to be watching. And um, Joe Bryan came on for Maxine Lamarche on 
near the end of the uh, match. And uh, I want to see Joe Bryan start. I, I do. And uh, that was the one I was hoping that we would see Bryan. But I understand why he went with LaMarchand because of uh, continuity. And, you know, and that's why you'll probably still see Dennis Adoy in his situation with, with Moss. And I, it's just, uh, you know, again, it's just uh, very interesting what's going on right now with the players that we have. Is he just going to go with this back four because um, just to build up that unity. So something we're going to have to watch. I just think that Brian is a better fit. He's a better crosser of the ball. And that's, I think something that we're missing right now, Max. And I'm thinking about that on the right-hand side as well. I like Cyrus Christie, but you know, and I know it's a different position, but wouldn't you like someone that could cross the ball? Like Mark Albright, very dangerous. Every time he crossed the ball, I know he's not playing a fullback role, but, to have someone that can do that, that has that ability, I, I think we're missing that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree because so much of our play, I think, on our area has focused on more attacking wingbacks. Yeah. The service has been terrible. Imagine yeah. if one out of those 8 million crosses actually found Matrix's head, right? That, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. I mean, the only one I can think of is, you know, Sessingham's flick on from Christie's cross for the winner against Southampton. Correct. Everything else has been terrible. And we saw right. it Chelsea. And we saw that last night as well. We just got right. in high position so many times. The delivery is never there. Right. And listen, we actually saw that from Joe Bryan going all the way back to the Tottenham match. You know, and I know he has that in, in his uh, locker. I know he has it. And that's why I, I think we're missing that. And I'm thinking, let's get Joe Bryan back involved. Not that I, I have any issue with Maxine LeMachon. I think he's doing a nice job. I just think that we're missing something from these fullbacks, and I think Brian can offer that. So that's kind of where I'm going. My uh, train of thought when it comes to the left-back situation and, and also right-back as well. But, you know, I understand why he th- continues to go with Lamarchand. It, it makes sense. I would rather go with Joe Brian. That's just me. All right, let's get into this, my friend. Let's go into the first half. Really, we have to start from the very beginning. It happens very early on. And we have to talk about Sergio Rico coming up big to save uh, a shot from um, Ian Nacho. And this is set up beautifully from James Madison. This was a worrying situation, Max. Let's talk about the very beginning of this match. What is Sari doing? This is when I get mad at Sari because I have no idea how to keep possession in the field. And this is this is what yeah, I don't it's um. About. About when people bring up Sarri, right? Because, listen, you're a center midfielder. It's a tough position. No one's saying it's easy, right? It's, I'd say, I've played center midfield. It's the hardest position in football because you have so much to do, both in the attacking sense and the defensive sense. And just like we saw um, in that situation, you're often given the ball in terrible uh, opportunities, right? I think he was, it was a hospital given to him. He didn't really know how to deal with it. But that's part of the position. You have to be a firefighter in some ways and deal with these tough situations you're given. But in every situation I see with him, he just gives it away. Like, you have to at least be able to clear that ball wide, get it back to the keeper, or just do something with it. In the end, you just get shrugged off the ball. And if you're that center midfielder in a 4-2-3-1 and you lose a ball, there's no cover in the back four. You're the cover. And if he right. just leaves him exposed like that, you know, we just saw Yanacho slice right between Adoy and Mawson. They're never going to catch up to him. And thankfully, Rico makes a great save. Fair play to Rico. I think he's actually an outside contender for man of the match. I thought he was excellent. But, again, Sarah, you cannot give away the ball in such a dangerous area. You have to be better in those situations. And, you totally know, agree. who knows? If Anguisa is fully fit uh, next match, I know he's on the bench, but if he's back to full fitness, who knows? Maybe he starts over Sarah. Well, we shall see there, my friend. All right. Let's now go a little further into the match. Let's go to the 20th minute. I want your uh, opinion on this opportunity from Fulham. I thought it was a very good one. Again, Calum Chambers stepping up one more time. What a legend. He's uh, of course, it's a very good save from Kasper Schmeichel. This is a great opportunity from Calum Chambers. Who needs the striker in January, Russ? And we can just <laughs> stick Calum Chambers on top. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy stuff. A 4-4-1-1 with Calum Chambers and Mitra up top. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> it's remarkable because, again, this is, this, is, this is what I love about Chambers. That shot he had, it's not an easy shot. That's like a turning no. volley. Um, yeah, ooh, what a hit. What a hit. And, and I, I have no idea, honestly, how Schmeichel saves that. You can see Chambers' reaction. He was absolutely dumbfounded because it, it's, it's, it's a superb connection. And, again, he's becoming our, uh, our most dangerous attacker. I think he probably, again, had the most shots out of any of the Fulham team. 
and another, another baffling renaissance. And again, mind you, started by Celicity Kanovich. If you'd, if you'd ask anyone, right, Russ? I mean, I think the yep. hardest match was his last match before he played against Liverpool, right? If yep. you ask anyone, after he got forced off at halftime, after probably one of the worst performances I've seen a Fulham shirt at right back in a long while, if he'd ever come back in this team, I think almost 100% of Fulham fans would say no. If you'd ask him, would he come back and send him in field? 110%. Not, not even possible margin would have said no. It's just unthinkable. And to place him there, you know, against Liverpool at Anfield, going to succeed and for him to continue that form. That's honestly one of the stories of the season so far for me because it just makes no sense. No sense at all. You know, what's interesting about him, different player, but uh, I remember Chris Baird. Chris Baird is a player that I love for Fulham, Bairdina. And uh, his uh, early stages with Fulham weren't the greatest. But the more he played, the more he got involved, he found a role and became very valuable to Fulham. And uh, they didn't give up on him. They could have given up on him. They didn't. And this is just a reminder that maybe you shouldn't be giving up on players and then maybe some players need more time before you make a judgment on them. And they found a role for Calum Chambers. Claudio Ranieri did. Obviously, it's, it goes back to, like you said, with Savisa. They, Savisa started the process, and now Ranieri has uh, added to that, and he's just flourishing in this new role. So, you know, again, I've seen this several times with certain players that – maybe played it in one role, it doesn't work out. If you put them in another position, it works out. I mean, I remember when Tom Kearney was played out wide, Max. I'm sure you remember this, and it just didn't work. He had to be central. Certain players, you know, and again, need to be in a role that fits their skill set. Maybe this is the, the right position for Callum Chambers, and he's he continues to impress, and uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with how he's been able to rebound from that tough match you just talked about. All right. Let's go a little bit further, and I'm just going to read a couple of uh, opportunities from Fulham in the 26th minute. You have a shot from Kamara, and that's followed up in the 34th minute. You have Mitro's header that just goes wide. And then um, in the 36th minute, you have a shot by Cyrus Christie. And then you have an opportunity from Leicester City, 38th minute, saved by Rico on Morgan's header from a corner. A little bit after that, just a minute later, you have the shot from Vieto. This is Vieto's opportunity, but it, it was deflected, unfortunately for him. And then, Max, I'm going to give you the honors of talking about the goal from Abubakar Kamara, which is set up nicely from Alexander Mitrovic. Another example of someone acting like a captain, looking for his teammate. He sets up Kamara for the goal. Let's talk about the goal that gave Fulham the lead in the 42nd minute. Yeah, so it's just kind of a, an aimless lump forward, really. And we get lucky because I think the Leicester center defensive midfielder deflects it and it goes right into the path of Mitrovic. And he just produces really exquisite back heel um, to find Kamara. So Kamara's coming from the right, darting across the back for a lovely run. And for Mitrovic, first of all, fair credit to that. That is a great assist. I think one of the best assists in the season. Right up there with the uh, the Seri assist against uh, Brighton. A little scoop for Sherlock. So great, great center forward play. And that really shows he's taking what Granieri is asking of him. Yes. That's, hold up play, get, get in players in, in behind. That's brilliant. And then Kamara, when he has the ball here, I mean, listen, for all the Kamara haters, just look at this goal and, and tell me what about this indicates poor decision-making. What about this indicates zero football intelligence? What about this indicates zero composure, right? Because he just, just proves all of those myths in, in, in one 10-second uh, play. So he has so much to do when he receives the ball. First of all, it's a great run. Yeah. That's an amazing. That shows great football intelligence to make that run. I don't know what people are saying. He's no football IQ. It's just an idiotic statement. Um, and and he takes the first touch pass, uh, Soyanku, the the Leicester center half, and he has him for pace. But instead of just shooting with his left foot from a poor angle, he takes a great cut back and he sells him for the fake. And and the defender just goes sliding to the, in the advertising. He's out of the match. That's a great cut back. I mean, the change yep. of acceleration from going a hundred hundred miles per hour in one direction to suddenly change your entire body so quickly. That's what I expect from a player of, of a shorter stature, a lower center of gravity. For Kamara to do that, that's, that's again, another impressive feat. And then he settles the ball. He's, he's, he's suddenly through on goal. And instead of wildly lashing out, he sees in between Schmeichel's legs there's an opportunity. He fires it hard and low through the legs. It, it's a great finish. And he deserved that goal. And you can see what it meant him in, in the celebration. Yeah. Him and Cessna. Cessna, first of all, I love that about Cessna. Whenever someone scores, he's the first one to celebrate with them. 
Yeah. And, and that's what's the mark of a true teammate. Um, and it was so, so satisfying. Again, we never score goals at the right time. That was the goal <laughs> at the right time. Right before halftime. Yeah. It was an even game, but we got a nose in front. Perfect goal. And I was just so happy for, for AK-47. So am I. And I'm glad that you uh, explained it the way that you did. And what's funny is that listening to the broadcast, Tony Gale was uh, commentating on it. And he was really going after the uh, defender there. And uh, But I think... Abubakar Kamara had a lot to do with that because of what he did that forced the defender to act the way that he did and basically, like I said, just go off the pitch, which is uh, fun to watch, actually. And then he takes a shot and goes through the legs of uh, Kasper Schmeichel, who's difficult to beat, and scores a goal. Does what you need to do, just shoot the ball, and he, that's what exactly what he did, and he scored. So I'm very happy for him. And Fulham going the half up 1-0. And it's funny because um, at the half, I'm thinking, okay, we have a chance here. This is for all that we've talked about, Max. You talked about when we did three keys to victory was basically to score the first goal. I think was was your first key there. And well, they actually did that, and I think that's um, very important going in the second half. Also, for me, a big talking point for myself, just I'm thinking out loud, was. They need to take off Vieto. Like I mentioned in the full-time show, Tony Gale mentioned that in the broadcast as well. He was hoping or just mentioning that he thought that Ranieri would make the change, and he does make the change. So I'm going to just assume that you were in agreement to make the change at halftime to take off Vieto and bring on Kearney. Yeah, for sure. I think that was the right thing to do because Vieto was struggling, and I think Kearney was a man a lot of people wanted to start. So to see him at least for 45 minutes was the next best option. Yeah. Um, alternatively, though, I think we, we could have seen Sherlock in, in that center attacking midfield yep. position. That, that might have been an interesting proposition, um, but in the end, he didn't even get in the pitch at all. Okay, very good. All right, let's get into the second half, my friend. And we're going to be talking about that man again, Callum Chambers. Has a header in the 49th minute that just goes over from a corner. So, again, Callum Chambers making a difference in another match for Fulham. Now we'll go a little bit forward. Let's go to the 71st minute. This is when Fulham were on the front foot and were in the ascendancy, my friend. This is when I thought they needed to score. And you have the opportunity from Tom Kearney. I mentioned this earlier, Max. He does slip here. I, I think if he doesn't slip, he scores the goal. So let's talk about it here. This is a just a missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... It's, it's so close to being in, Russ. It's just inches. And I've said this before. I just thought it was in. But just the high of I that I wasn't watching yeah, it. Because it was just – it was curling and the other replay. It's, Perfect and, position yeah. for him. Honestly, I think the slip might have helped because he actually got more whip on it perhaps. But, yeah, I think he's upright and he just maybe, – maybe that's in, in, on a different day. Uh, Kearney loves those kind of positions. But, you know, we have not seen the same attacking output in, in the Premier League this season as we've seen in the past. He's just not really getting in, in – he's getting into attacking positions more lately in the Ranieri, but he's just not really finding the net. So a goal for him would be, would be much needed. And then, you know, what made that worse was just right after what happened. It really made us rue our luck because when you're in the moment, we were dominating in that kind of 15, 20-minute spell. And then when you're dominating, all you're thinking about is, wow, we're doing really well. But what you don't realize is that we're not taking our chances. And it really got hit home uh, when Madison equalized. Absolutely. And – uh it's only three minutes later, and uh, I want to mention that because I think their substitutions were game changers. They had Gray come on, and uh, Okazaki was involved in the goal. I, I, definite game changer. His pass was uh, was wonderful for Leicester City, obviously not for Fulham, to set up Madison for the goal. Let's talk about this because this happened so fast, Max. Yeah, I'm just going to analyze this, uh, Russ, because the one thing everyone's thinking when Madison slots home Totally unmarked. No one knows where, where are the center midfielders, Russ. Where are they? Yep. So, if you look at that, the, the the TV angle from right before Madison scores, you yep. see Chambers. He's, he he got sucked in with Mawson um, towards towards Okazaki, and that leaves you wondering where, where's John Mikelsuri? He's not even in the frame. Do, do you know where he was, Russ? I don't. He's all the way on our on our defensive left wing. He got and he and he's out of the frame. He's out of the frame. He got pulled over um, when the initial kind of one-two happened. That fooled Lamarchand and that fooled Seri. So Seri is completely on the wing, nowhere to be seen. 
completely loses his man, Madison. And I think Chambers is in a difficult position because he doesn't know whether to press the ball or cover Sarri and, and get Madison. In the end, he chose the wrong position, but it's understandable because the central midfield yeah. partner is, is completely off the page. It, it's just another example for me of, of Sarri just not doing his defensive duty, not really being up for, up for the task. And it's inexplicable that Madison has that much space and time within our box. It's an offensive switch off. And, you know, by the time Adoy and Chrissy realized they can't get there, they can't block the shot. Too late. And in all fairness, it was a nice finish right in the corner. It was. But we just cannot – we cannot switch off like that. No. No. It's, again, a tough lesson for Ranieri and his players that they need to be on 90-plus minutes. They, you know, again, when it's just one goal in the Premier League, all it takes is one opportunity to kill you. And that's what we saw here. And listen, it was a – a great cutback from uh, Okasaki, which set up the goal from uh, James Madison. James Madison had some work to do, and he took care of business. He's a good player. He actually has been proving me wrong. I thought he was good in this match. Like we were talking about earlier, he, he had a great through ball in the very beginning stages of the match. So he's doing a very good job for Leicester City. There's no question about it, and he scores the goal. That makes it 1-1. Then I want to talk about a couple substitutions. A few minutes later, you have Joe Bryan coming on for Maxine LaMarchand. Then you have an interesting one. I want to ask you your thoughts about this. Tim Ream coming on for Cyrus Christie and Dennis Adoy going to right back. Your thoughts about this move? It, it, it was an odd one, I thought, because Ream is another player who had been frozen out um, in, in, in the past couple of weeks. And that started under, under Slavisa and really continued under Ranieri. So I didn't. I'm not really expecting to see him in this match, and we were we were one nil. Sorry, we we it was one one, and we thought we probably should have won, right? So to see to see a player uh, to see a defensive substitution was a bit odd. For yeah, I honestly thought someone like Churla would come on in this situation, but I, I guess I don't really know why. Do you think he was on to ensure the point? That normally when you see a center back coming on for a right back, that's what you think. I, I don't really see else why why he would have done it because Christie I think had been playing decently well he wasn't yeah. injured as far as I'm concerned and and it was defensive shifts and normally you don't like to mix up your back four in the closing stages you want to just keep it solid right you've already taken off Lamar Sean. you want to get that consistency so it didn't necessarily make a lot of sense to take off Christie put Reem center back and move a right back but no I, I I honestly don't really have an explanation yeah it's a uh... Very interesting one. That's why I wanted to bring that up, my friend. All right, let's go a little bit further in. You do have the opportunity from Tom Kearney in the 85th minute. And then, uh, Max, we got to talk about the uh, two saves by Sergio Rico, which basically gave Fulham the point here because if he doesn't make these saves, you know, again, they're going to lose the match because uh, he made a save first on Gray and then the follow-up on Madison. Let's talk about this because – Sergio Rico is my man of the match. We'll talk about man of the match in just a bit. But this, to me, just solidifies why I think that he should be the starting goalkeeper. He comes up big time and time again. He just shows confidence. I know how you like Marcus Bettinelli. I I, I get that. But Sergio Rico has earned his right to be the starting goalkeeper, and he just keeps proving himself. Without a doubt. And it, it's it's so great to see that we have a consistent goalkeeper now. Um I love that. I believe in him. I'm I glad, believe in him. I'm glad Rico is out there because he is clearly yeah. the best out of the three. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, wow, why did it take so long for us to get Rico in? And questions, it's a good question to ask. But I just simply, <laughs> it, was, it was difficult for him to, to adjust. I think he came on transfer deadline day with goalkeepers you want them to have that communication, want them to have that connection with the back four. It took a while, um, perhaps too long, but I'm glad that right now, He's our starting goalkeeper, and he's completely justifying that choice. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's, he's excellent. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right, let's now go to the final stages. This is what we were talking about on the full-time show. This is what just made me feel that, you know, Fulham, oh, it was so disappointing here because I, I thought they deserved to get more than just a point. That's just my thoughts. I know Ranieri, after the match, said it was a fair result, but I thought that they had done more than enough, and especially – how they ended the match with, with the opportunities here from Alexander Mitrovic. This is in stoppage time. And then, of course, you have the opportunity at the very end. You've already talked a little bit about it. Let's let's go back. Let's talk about the last opportunity for Fulham from Dennis Adoy. So it, it, it's a corner, and, and to our credit, 
who start, who ended the, the match on the starter foot? It was us. Normally when the team equalizes, right, they're the one who, who pushes on because they have the momentum. But we flipped that in its head. We said, listen, we're the home team. We need this one more than you do. We're going to go on the attack. So we had a number of corners. And the ball gets cleared initially and then gets headed back in the fray. And the door does really well actually to stay onside. No one tracks him. Everyone thinks he's off. And it's just him. To be fair, it's a difficult ball to hit. But Mitrich is free for a square ball. Schmeichel is the only man to beat. And I, I really do think Adoy is trying to cross this. Okay. I just think he, he mishits I'll it. I'll watch this again, like I said earlier. I could be wrong, but I, I just think he mishits it. He mishits it, um, and, and it just flies harmlessly above the goal. Mitrich is furious, as he's ever right to be. He's free in the middle. And it really reminded me of the Derby match when Adoy got the last-minute winner. It even reminded me of the press, the press in North End match. Yes. Remember that? You could forget that. That Absolutely. was around this time Brought me year. back then. That, that was the one I was thinking about at the time. Yeah. It was his press in North End moment. Exactly. And, you know, he, he does love the dramatic goal, but he <laughs> is, if I'm on, all, on, in all honesty, Russ, he's the last play I would have won in that situation. So it, it, it's, it's a real shit. Okay. Well, unfortunately, that was the last opportunity the match the match ended. Shortly after that, and uh, it was 1-1. And uh, it's, uh, you know, a very weird feeling, Max. We, we talked about it after the match. It was a little bit disappointing. But I also look back at it at the time, and now I still feel very similar. I, I haven't really changed my feelings on this that, you know, again, I can see improvement. And I know it's disappointing not to get all three points, but I can see the growth in the team. And that's kind of what I took out of it. As we talked about in full-time, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a process. It took Roy Hodson a while to get his team right. And I think Ranieri is doing the same. And to expect to just bang out victories, even though they're at home all the time, is uh, probably not realistic, even for me, because I thought this is a match they could have, and now I'm going to say should have won. But you're going up against a good team. I know that they didn't have their strongest team as we talked about in full time. But I thought that they showed improvement. Each match, more improvement. And that's what gives me hope for the future. I, Again, I've not changed my mind on this, Max. I'm, I'm not saying Fulham are going to end 10th. But I think that they're going to be higher up the table than people think when the season's over. Because if they continue to improve, the draws that we saw will become wins. And that's what you need to see situations like this it's, it's, it's just unfortunate but I still feel good about the team coming out of the match all right let's move on my friend a couple more things we need to talk about let's look at the stats from this match see what you think about them let's start with possession Leicester City had 54 percent to 46 percent for Fulham total shots max in favor of Fulham 25 to 13 on target 7 to 5 in favor of Fulham corners 10 to 8 in favor of Fulham Crosses. This one surprised me. 24 to 21 in favor of Fulham. That's such a little surprising. Attempted passes, 382 to 314 in favor of Leicester City. But here's one that's very interesting. Attacking passes, Max. 152 to 106 in favor of Fulham. Passing accuracy, 67% for Leicester City, 66% for Fulham. And then overall falls 12 to 7 in favor favor of Fulham. All right, my friend, what do you make of the full-time stats? What stands out to you? In all the stats that actually matter, we, we won, except for the scoreline. Yeah. <laughs> so we had more shots, uh, more corners, and more tacking passes. So that, that one particularly stands out to me. That one st- stood out to me, Max. Which shows that, that just shows dominance. And, yes. and I think for large for the match, yes. we were on the front foot. Let's not discount, however, that Leicester – were dangerous in the counter and had many good opportunities off set pieces. Enrico was forcing a number of good saves. So they had their fair number of opportunities, and they also could have easily won the match on their day. But I do think we were more dominant, more controlling, as we were the home side. And, I mean, the, the stats, I think, show that we should have edged it. I mean, just a total number of shots. We almost had we, – we were very close to having double the amount of shots that I had. And, and, and that said it's all, said it all for me. But, you know, again, that kind of leads to frustration. We really should have won this match. And it's not the end of the world that we didn't, but we need to start turning these draws into wins, as you said, because we can't leave points on the table anymore. We really, I mean, for instance, West Ham. I, I don't think we can be happy drawing that match. Huddersfield at home, 
Wolves at home coming up in the festive period. I honestly don't think we can be very comfortable drawing those two matches either. We need wins. And there's no better place to do it than at home. I hear you. I totally agree with you on that. All right, my friend. Let's now go to the man of the match. I actually put a post on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. I have some comments on man of the match, and I will be reading them to you shortly in just a second. But before I do that, I also just went to Friends of Fulham to see their man of the match, Paul, and some comments from there. They have 182 votes right now. And Sergio Rico is in the lead for man of the match with 56 votes. This is followed up by Calum Chambers with 28 votes. And then right after that, you have Alexander Mitrovic with 26 votes. Here are some of the comments underneath the poll because I find them very interesting. Tabby wrote, went for Rico, but I think Mawson is a good shot as well. Yankee Jim said, went for Rico despite some positive but patchy performance, i.e. Mitro. Tom Kearney Chambers says, Sari had some good recoveries, but that initial error scared the devil out of me. Okay. Matt 10, Sari didn't do much wrong tonight, so I think the pressure is off him. I pick man of the match to be Chambers simply for the shots, taking aerial battles one, and simply just being a force. Mendy and Ndidi were unable to do anything in the center of the park. That's a very good point from Matt 10. And um, I will also read Mitrovic, the warrior. Rico, for me, made lots of excellent saves. Mitro, a close second. He deserved the goal, and he got an assist and could have been a few assists. I hope we can hold on to him as there will be teams interested. I totally agree with that. All right, my friend. Let me just also now check some of the comments from the Cottage Talk Facebook page. Let's start with Richard Daisley. I think Chambers, again, who knew he could do a job in midfield after a lot of people suggesting he never played for us again under Slav. May also have been a doy if he had put that last minute away. Dean Scales, Rico. Grant Harris, Rico. Another good performance by Chambers, but he's still giving the ball away way too often while not under pressure. Okay. Uh, Jamie Vady. Lots of endeavor throughout, which was pleasing. Going to go for Rico because he just oozes class. Mitro worked incredibly hard as well. Ian Parsons, Mitro. Gary Ware, Rico. Chris Vieira, Rico. Ray Butler, Rico. Alan Dogman, for me, it's a toss-up between Rico and Mitro. Chambers was a threat again up front. Okay, those are all the comments from the Connors Talk Facebook page on Man of the Match. Who's your Man of the Match? I'm going to go Rico because he saved us. Um, made, I mean, if that shot goes in from Yonacho three minutes in, yep, that's a completely different match we're looking at. So just for that alone, that's excellent. And, you know, the saves he made to deny you know, Morgan later on off the headers and the double save on Madison later on again. Just really vital. And he's a cool head at the back. Fair credit to Rico. Um, he's really justifying why he's number one. Okay, very good. And I totally agree with that. Max, thank you so much for doing the post-match show. Yana Shanaeus wanted to join us, but um, he was uh, called into the principal's office and just could not join us at this time to record this. But uh, he'll be back, like I said, very soon. Uh, I want to mention a couple things. Please do listen to us on Spotify if you use Spotify. It's a great way to listen back to the show. That's how I listened back to Cottage Talk last night when I wanted to listen back to the full-time show. Check us out there. Uh, it's a great way to listen to the show. We are everywhere. You can listen to us on Cottagers, Confidential, Nation, Apple Podcast. Please do listen to us wherever you can. We definitely appreciate you listening to the show. But it is time now to go from this show. For my co-host, Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today.
MFS Investment Management. Our active 360 approach to fixed income goes beyond analyzing financials. We combine active security selection and risk management, striving to make the most of complex bond markets. MFS.com slash active 360. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.